first and foremost, I would just love to say thank you um, for, for being here. I really do appreciate you taking time on your schedule. Uh, thank you for having me. No, it's, it's truly a pleasure. I was um, just telling you that it didn't take me more than 30 minutes to reach out to you. Someone sent me a post. So someone who knows that I do this podcast was like, I found this fashion page. <laughs> and then I checked it out and it was like instant. I was like, I have to have you on, you know. So I reached out to you oh, and wow. you were so gracious. Uh, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. That's that's great. That means a lot that my work can speak for itself. It's like, um, that, that, that's... And the- <laughs> it's amazing it, it really does but i think i'm just gonna start off by asking how you're doing how are you how are you keeping up how's life just generally speaking generally okay no one ever asked that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm i'm good should i should i just say hanging in there because obviously it's been a rough couple of months for everyone like you know just <laughs> it's been a lot, but um, it's been exciting career-wise because I've been forced to make moves that I probably wouldn't have made if things were different. Um, things are moving forward, and um, I see progress. Like it's it's difficult times, but it's it's a lot of progress, a lot of exciting things happening. So it's it's a mixture. It's <laughs> it's bittersweet, should I say? Yeah mostly good though i just i just wish i could go outside more <laughs> there's literally life like all the time there's a mixture of both it's never always 100 percent. it's never always like negative um i think especially in in the bad times it's always good to try and figure out what are the good things that are going on to kind of keep you afloat and then like for you you're saying you've been finding new designs in that space in that tough space still which is pretty cool right um but then I think it's, it would be ideal for you to tell us what you do. <laughs> we just kind of just went into it. Yeah, so I think for the people who are listening, uh, just to let them know who is Mufaro Mukoki, what is she all about? Okay, um, the easiest way to describe it is I'm a fashion designer that sums up everything I do. Um, I, I love everything fashion. I do so many things, but ultimately fashion is what brings them together and, um, that's what defines what all of that is. So I am a fashion designer. Um, I used to lecture fashion, which has really um, enhanced my knowledge Wait, of fashion. Wait, for real? <laughs> yes, yes. So. You used to lecture fashion? Yes. So um, I was at in, in South Africa, like you, at Lysop, which is now Stadio Design. Um, that's where I got my degree. And after that, I was lecturing there for about two years. So this is my first year doing my own thing. I've been at Lysop for the longest time. Did you immediately go into lecturing after getting your degree? It actually happened. Um, should I say it was an overlap of time? Because in my in my third year... I got to cover for someone who needed to leave suddenly. So I, I got to fill in their position very quickly. Um, it was just on Saturdays. Um, every Saturday, um, I was teaching the garment construction sewing class. Um, and then I just, I just did that for the longest time. And in my honors year, we had to do attachments. So I got more hours at school, more hours teaching and tutoring. And it just kind of happened like that. It wasn't even planned. It just, I just kind of fell into it. By the time I was done, I just continued teaching for a bit until I decided to just, you know, <laughs> find my way <laughs> in what I was Yeah. And how was that, ex- how was that experience for you? You know, just being in that space where you were kind of responsible for 
other people, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's that's very loaded. That's a lot of things. Um, it's number one. Number one, I was especially in the first class that I taught because it was a Saturday class. It was a part time class. I was probably almost always one of the youngest people in the class, even though I was the lecturer. That's um, literally what I'm thinking. I'm like, you're trying to get your own thing done, but now it's like, <laughs> hey, all this responsibility, man. Yeah, but I'm, but I guess maybe because it was a creative environment, um, there were certain things that helped. Like they would call me by my name instead of calling me Miss whatever. So that that put us, that made made them maybe more um, warm up to me more easily. Um, you know, because I couldn't be like you, when you're teaching, you have to take into consideration your own character. I'm not like. I'm an assertive person, but I'm not a person that likes confrontation all the time. So because of my age and because of that, I had to almost be like, you know, you be, you're friendly, you're approachable, but you know, you, you set the boundaries. So it had to be a balance of both. So that was, that was a very interesting thing to negotiate because, you know, these people see you and they think you're younger than me or you look the same age as me. Why should I listen to you? So you couldn't be like, you have to listen to me no matter what, because they will just be like, why do I have to do that? So it had to be a balance. <laughs> that was, that was one of the most challenging things. Um, but I did get to learn a whole lot. Like, because if you're teaching people something, you have to actually know what you're teaching them. You have to have, Watch it. <laughs> you, you can't teach someone to sew something <laughs> wrong. You have to actually know yeah. what you're saying. So I was forced to perfect anything that I tried to run away from before I had to like confront and be like, I need to conquer this zip <laughs> or whatever, because I need to teach people how to do this. So it taught me to be a little bit of a perfectionist and yeah. So that was, that was a good thing. That was a good thing to learn. Research was a good thing to learn. English and grammar, you always, you, you don't run away from that. I think that, <laughs> <laughs> especially That's as so creatives funny. with students, they always think, you know, I, I don't have to write. I don't have to, you know, but you can't run away from that. You're going to, you're going to have to own Far your own business. Now, you're it? going, yes, yes, you're going to have to own your business. You're going to have to write, um, business plans and all of that your English has to be on point otherwise people are not going to trust you if there's some sort of typo or whatever so all those little things um had to be perfected and I was forced to do that through fashion lecturing so that was that was a good start to the career I yeah I, I love that I love that so much and I, I think it just spills into so many other questions that I would I would love to know because now I'm thinking at the time, you hadn't graduated, right? Like, you were just filling in for someone, but you were still studying. So you still had work and things you need to do and get done. My question is, how did you find that balance, bro? Like, how did you make sure you... I, know if, I was actually speaking to someone and they were like, the concept of a balance is, is, like, not real. Like, you can't really have everything equal in your life, but you kind of need to give everything attention when it needs attention so it's like how did you make sure that happened with everything that was going on at the time at the time um exactly um that's actually the reason why i'm now concentrating on my fashion and my business now because i couldn't you can't you at some point you have to realize you can't do everything <laughs> um but um but when i was still studying i was part-time for the most part so i wasn't working full hours and studying um full time so at least there was a balance there with managing the hours and the workload um yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah you can't do everything so you can't do everything you really can't and I've, I've, I've had to learn that the hard way um 
<laughs> I think I try and do too much. I really try and do too much. I kind of look at my life, which is a very bad thing, but I've had to learn it the hard way. It's kind of seeing everybody around me and thinking and seeing like, dang, people are really progressing and I sort of need to keep up. Um, but it's like, it's your own kind of race. You know, it's your own journey. Take it at your own pace. Don't rush it. Um, so with that, I've had to be disciplined enough to say no to certain things and put certain things aside that I can focus at, on what's important in that time space, you know. Um, but speaking about your your business, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Was this always the dream to have your own thing going on? Yes and no. Um, yes, yes, because I've always wanted to have a business in fashion. Um, not exactly because it's slightly different from what I thought it would be. Um, so on on my page, it was mostly, it was Mukoki official. It was me just posting my designs. It was basically working as my portfolio, me just showing people my ideas. And if you read more on my page, it was more about, I designed um, clothing that was inspired by what I was feeling or the things I was um, exposed to in my life, the things I wasn't happy about. I'm a little bit of a feminist, so you might see that. So it was always about expressing the things around me, the things I want to say about the world and what's going on in society. Those are my designs. And the dream was originally to um, make clothes, sell clothes, um, have a fashion brand, which eventually, I'm knowing in the future I'm going to get there, but it. I realized I, I, through studying, actually, there was a certain part of the design process that I was particularly more passionate about than anything else. And that is, um, pattern making. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. Um, but I'll probably need Please, to explain tell it to let the us viewers know in, in the simplest way possible. <laughs> okay. Okay. Pattern making is basically when you, figure out the shapes, the different shapes that need to come together to make a certain style of um, a garment. Um, so let's say you were making a dress and it was a princess style. Every little piece of fabric that you're going to sew together needs to be a particular shape in order for the overall shape that you want to come out, right? Otherwise, if everything is wrong, it's, it's, like, it's like a car, you know, a car has, you need to figure out the exact shape of the door handle. You need to figure out the the exact shape of the wheel, the size, everything, all of that. It needs to be very precise. Um, and that's basically what pattern making is for fashion, figuring out the exact dimension something needs to be to get to the right shape. And you, you do it on paper because you're not going to cut your fabric first because you're going to waste it if you cut it wrong. If it's the wrong shape, it's, you kind of need to, you kind of need to figure it out somewhere else before you actually cut the final material that you're going to use. So that's, that's pattern making. That's the process before the sewing. And it's, it's, it's pretty much, um, it's, I think it's what makes or breaks an outfit because if, if the shape is just wrong, it's just not going to fit. It's, it's, it's when you have those fit problems and, you know, the pa pattern making is pretty much, I guess, the backbone of fashion. If that's not done right, you're not going to get the right outfit. So I realized I was very passionate about that. And I realized that that is the one thing that most people struggled with the most. So because I taught, I came across a lot of students. So I know that a lot of them struggled with pattern making or hated pattern making. They like sewing, but they hate that. But you can't really sew without the patterns um, because it's, it, they're very hard. The patterns are very hard. Um, and even generally in real life, that is the one thing that people struggle with the most. When people complain about an outfit not fitting, 
it is a pattern making issue. Um, so, um, yeah, and patterns are what brings the design, the style, the idea to life. Um, because they need to be right to bring the idea to life. So that was the part of fashion that I was very passionate about. And with everything that's gone on with Corona, with um, everything shutting down, it's really impacted the fashion making, the production process um, of fashion. Like um, it's, it's become very challenging to mass produce. You, you don't even know if you're going to sell because are people even going to buy? They're at home, they're buying different things. So it's become very unpredictable. So with pattern making, it, it seemed more like a better fit because everyone will always need patterns, whatever they decide to make. And because they're already struggling with patterns, it seemed like a better idea for me to actually focus on pr um, providing that service to people. Um, which is, yeah, so that's that's the business I started this year, launched it a couple of weeks ago. Um, so um, basically my business makes patterns. So some of them are in my design so I can, that I can just share my design and people can make them for themselves, choose their own fabrics, make them for um Make them their own, you know, make, come up with their own ideas of, you know, how to bring that design to life. So that's what my business is about, making patterns um, and providing them to people who need them, who struggle with these patterns and also just sharing my unique designs in the form of patterns. So, yeah, <laughs> that all makes sense. That, that's amazing. And, and it, that's amazing. And it's, it's, it's really different. Um, it's really not what I expected it to be. Um, because when I approach, yeah, hundred percent. But it's it's very unique. It's very different. Um, and I think I'm gonna touch a bit more on that uh, a little bit later. But I was on your website and I did see things, and I was like, this really doesn't feel like she's just outright selling clothes. It looks like there's more to this, you know. But now having you break it down like this uh, really is enlightening, and it really does make sense uh, to kind of see and envision what it is that you're trying to do which is beautiful okay um, that's that's great. love to see it <laughs> that's i really do love to see it and I'm, I'm i'm keen to see how it grows and how it develops and what more you you have to bring to the table with this thing moving forward because you're saying what it's only it's been only running like for week two a year, a year. <laughs> Well, it's week, week two, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's week two since I launched the website. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Mm. <laughs> yes. So, so that's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing it grow and, and see it develop. Like I'm a big fan of your work uh, Thank you. already. And Thank you. it's like, means it's only scratching the surface. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm really keen to see what else is there uh, moving you. forward. My next question uh, is going to touch a little bit on something you mentioned about uh, you know, the current situation globally, uh, the pandemic and how it's kind of shifted the market, the fashion market, and you've had to reinvent or rethink or redo certain things and how you conduct yourself. But then <laughs> when you were speaking about that, you sounded so much more, uh, like a businesswoman and like an entrepreneur than an actual fashion designer. So I'm like, are these things that you are, yeah, like, but like, I'm not, what I'm saying is you learn the skill to be a fashion designer, you learn the skill to be a chef, you learn the skill to be a photographer, an artist, a painter, so on and so forth, all these creative things, but there's so much more to it business-wise, you know, so how important is it for you to have these skills? Like, did you learn how to run a business in school?
Oh my gosh, that is an excellent question. Um, you you actually don't get taught a lot of that in school at all. Like I had to figure out figure it out on my own as I'm going. So I, yeah, it was definitely um a unique challenge, particularly because especially if you're at least of where I was, they're design students, and then they are more what they call commercial students who are not necessarily. studying the creative technical aspect of fashion they may be more interested in the business um or it's photography and all of that so the other students tended to get a lot of business knowledge or business modules and all of that that helped them whereas with design technical students they're more looked at as more practical people which is it's 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 crippling no not crippling that's that's an extreme word but it's um you're left lacking a lot of skills. So I remember we only had one, we only had one business subject, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we only had one business subject. Um, there were three of them and you could only choose one. And I ended up choosing buying and merchandising. So that that's what I did. And it helped a little bit, but it would have helped to have been able to do all the other subjects actually, because the other subjects were, there was marketing, there was business studies. There were a lot of other subjects that could have enhanced my experience because I want to have a business. I want to talk to people. I want to, you know, I want to do my taxes and, you know, take care of my finances. And, you know, those are things you you don't get to learn that at all. You just get to learn it on your own. If you even can find the information or the right people to guide you in the right direction. So yeah, it had to be a game of just learning along the way. Um, And yeah, and I, I do think even particularly maybe in Africa as well, like there are a lot of things that are overlooked, um, such as such as these skills that we're talking about, um, business studies and all of that, and just um just a lot of skills that can arm creatives, people that are more artistic. Um, so it's it's always a particular challenge. So I think what also helped me was just keeping in touch with what's happening overseas, you know, globally, because then you get hit, then you get hints of the kind of things that you should make sure you know how to do so that you can you can compete with those markets. So yeah. It's, it's real. Of- it's it's real. I've seen it. Um <laughs> and I think it's crushing a lot of very talented people. Um and I think it's purely because they don't know. It's purely because they aren't educated on it. And I think a lot of uh, our creatives aren't people who've necessarily gone to mainstream school for it. You know, they're just really talented individuals who've uh, gotten good at what they do through experience. Where like no diploma, no degree, no kind of formal education, just a, a lot of hard work that's gone into it. And then it's like, but I can make money from this. And then you're kind of stuck there and not knowing how to price yourself, not knowing how to quote, not knowing how to, uh, you know, take account of the time you spend and the effort you put into things. Uh, you're almost kind of just selling the final products. And it's like, I think people are getting robbed of what they could be making from their stuff. So seeing you now speak about this in this way, uh, reinvent and uh, have this entrepreneurial mindset, it was very intriguing for me to hear. That's why I asked the question, did you learn it? in school or you kind of had to rediscover it for yourself and just like hearing that you had to rediscover it for yourself and that, that's powerful <laughs> that's different because a lot of people don't have that so i think definitely hold on to that um because it's, it's very it's a very difficult thing to come across as a creative i know i struggled with it so yeah <laughs> i think you're in a very good space <laughs> thank um, you um, i, I think, think also Oh, just to add, sorry to that. 
there are a lot of things that lack in our education or what we're exposed to here, but it also means that there's a lot of opportunity. That's, that's the other side of it. Like, it's like there's so much opportunity, so many things you could do, so many things you could discover, so many things you could be the first to do. So it's, it's opportunity on the other end of the spectrum as well. So mm. yeah, we just need to recognize that that's mindset. the trick. You should trademark that statement. <laughs> you should trademark it. I mean, seeing that there's a lot lacking means that there's a lot of opportunity for us to take charge of, you know, and seize. Um, I'm definitely going to be mindful of that. Thank you for mentioning that. That's powerful for sure. <laughs> um, and I think I'm just curious to know what it was like for you growing up. What's your background? Like, how did you end up here in this space as a fashion designer? Was that like, always the dream growing up was there something in your life that happened that kind of steered you into this direction like what was it like growing up as Mofaro? okay interesting um yeah Mm. um so i think i always you know wanted to study fashion um i was very much originally attracted to art i was into art drawing and painting and all of that and then for some reason i figured art was the the best way to channel my artistic um, fascination, should I say? Maybe it, it felt like the more practical way to go because everyone says artists are starving. Um, so, <laughs> so fashion was the next best alternative. So I knew even before getting into high school that I wanted to study fashion. But I guess, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, but my fashion is definitely inspired or influenced by my fascination with art and everything art. And I think art was, for me, art was, it was definitely an escape um, from being a teenager. Being a teenager is tough. <laughs> it, it's very tough. So it was, it was an escape. If I was drawing, I was distracted. I was not thinking about too much or I was escaping into a different world, you know? So drawing was definitely drawing painting it was just definitely an escape and just just something for me to be excited about instead of thinking too much about life and all the things that seemed so big they seemed so big when i was a yeah. teenager but now now it's like you know okay okay but then small, small. they seemed so <laughs> yeah so it was it was a way to cope and a way to escape so it just became something that i just continually went to um I did in my spare time I did at school so it was just something that was a constant part of my life and it just it just made sense I don't know I just never had any doubts which is funny because you know when you're creative you have a lot of people against you (laughs) you have no idea So the fact that I wasn't discouraged, that's that's a big thing because um, I think it mm-hmm. ha- definitely helped having um, parents that were, like my mom was very yeah, I was waiting. supportive. I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> she was supportive. Um, she, she was very supportive, even though she may not have completely understood it all the time. She really wanted, she'd made, she made an effort to be understanding of, she knew it was definitely a distraction and it helped me a lot um, with dealing with things. So yeah, she definitely saw it as a positive there. And yeah, I, I, I'm just grateful that she didn't, you know, outright say to my face, you know, this is a stupid idea, you know, like even when she had doubts, like she really wanted to support me until her doing that paid off when, you know, it became clear that this was really something I was passionate about and I was willing to go the extra mile to prove you know that this is what I want to do so you know that little extra help from her helped because there was definitely a lot of opposition <laughs> from everywhere else like um, but eventually as I proved myself
of people came around. They came to see that, you know, that I'm really passionate about this. And if I really put my mind to it, you know, I can really achieve a lot. So um, I think there was a turning point after high school, the year, because I took a gap year. Um, I entered this fashion show. My friend from school just, you know, sent me the application because she thought I'd be great for it. And I just I read that story it. on your website. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I was, and I had like, I had one month to prepare for it. I was, I was straight out of high school. I was, I'm, I don't know if I was the youngest, but I know there were people that had competed in um, the ambition though. Well and all of that. <laughs> yeah. That's so I, I ended, I ended up winning. So that was, that was just like, it was a real confidence boost. And then it proved to everyone else that also had doubts that, okay, okay, she's really good at this. She can really make something of it. So, you know, that that's definitely helped. Um, yeah, but it's been quite a journey. Um, it's a lot of, com- you get a lot of comments, you get a lot of judgment. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you, just- you can't avoid that now, can you? Like you really can't control what people say, what people perceive, what people think, but you can definitely re- control how you react to it, you know? And I think you've done well to react to it, just like looking at where you are now. Obviously, what people said then, what people thought then didn't stop you, man. Like, you kept going, which is super, super inspiring. And like, a couple of things there is like, big shout to the parents, bruh, like, for being there and supporting. Um, because... Uh, it's it's not a secret that <laughs> growing up in Zoom, things like this aren't the norm, right? You know, like, um, they're not the norm, right? Like, you grow up and you want to do this one thing and it's like, you know what? I feel like you need to be a doctor. I feel like you need to be a lawyer. Um, and, and it's kind of set, bro. And you don't have a choice because they pay the fees, you know? And you get a lot of people who are depressed that way. You get a lot of people who grow up unhappy that way uh, in jobs, earning good money but you're like but why are you sad bro like but it's like i'm not happy this is not where i want to be um so having yeah so seeing you in a space where uh you're talking about how you're in a tough space in the last six months but because of what you're doing you're finding joy you're finding peace and you're excited about that that's bliss that's something you can't buy Uh, and i think thankful to god for giving us parents who support that even though they don't understand it in the time. Exactly. I think Exactly. Yeah, I um, think just to it's just to add mm. also, um with anything that you do, you need constant, I guess, reassurance or constant um just just not being judged, basically. Like let's say right now I came to talk to you, this is like a podcast photo shoot. That's mm. that's something that most, you know, parents wouldn't understand. <laughs> but um I can just only imagine if every time I used to do that while I was chasing the stream, every time I wanted to go out for a photo shoot, if I had those parents that were to be like, but that's a waste of time. Why are you doing a photo shoot? You're playing games. Shouldn't you be doing something more serious? If I got to hear that constantly, it would have definitely been a bit discouraging. Um, so mm. it's definitely a big I think thing. Having the- most importantly, because I mean, it's the parents, right? These are the people you trust the most. What they say goes, right? Whether you like it or not, <laughs> these are the people who raise you, the people who take care of you. So when they say something negative, it hits hard. And when they say something positive, that uplifts you a ton. So just having that as a backbone, ah, dude, shout out to your parents for that. Eh? Like, may God bless you. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I was actually going to touch on something very interesting you said, um, that, you know, starting off growing up and 
uh, kind of expressing what you were into, there was a lot of backlash. There was a lot of negativity that came from a lot of different spaces, right? A lot of people said stuff that weren't particularly encouraging. But then you went on to say that with time, when you proved yourself, they kind of were like, okay, they kind of got onto your train, right? They were like, oh, hold up. We want to be a part of this trip. Like, then how do you feel about that? Like in the general sense where I've seen way too many times um, when you want support, when you're starting off and people don't really understand or see the value in what you're doing, you're really a nobody. There's like no chance. But you get a break and you do well and you kind of start growing, start doing things that are tangible, things that people can see. And all of a sudden, they want to be on your train. Like, how do you feel about that dynamic? That dynamic? Um, I don't think I feel anything too deeply because I understand how hard it can be to see that the picture because even with a new design I know it's very hard for someone to understand a new concept that I created because maybe it's too different it's it's just not obvious so it's it's a constant thing that you deal with that you know translating your ideas doesn't come easily so I don't really judge people unless they do something <laughs> extreme um um wait I was thinking of something else um <laughs> yeah so I think it's it's I think I've accepted there's some things that there's some people that just won't come around, which is fine. Um, but it's, it's not something that's easy to understand. I completely get that. Oh, yes. I just remembered what I wanted to say. Um, it's because also because of teaching, because I went through design school and because of teaching, I'm also aware that a lot of people that claim to be into fashion and passionate about it, they don't they're not actually as passionate as they say they are um a lot of the students that <laughs> that's um a lot of um because i think even in my year i can literally count on one hand the number of people that actually went on to actually design and make clothes so it's like so you get like yeah so like only 20 percent actually really turn out to be truly passionate about it um the rest maybe they end up discovering that they like they like fashion, but they don't actually like designing. Maybe they're more into the business side of fashion or merchandising or retail. So it's, it's, it's a space. It's, it's very tricky because you, even the people that claim to be into fashion actually turn out not to really, I guess, maybe have the talent for it sometimes. Um, so. So it's very it's very easy to understand where people are coming from when they they don't get why you're choosing this path because you could just easily be that eighty percent that just thinks they have it but they don't. <laughs> you know, it can easily be like that. So I I definitely don't judge people for it because I've seen it firsthand myself. Like the very few graduates that actually turn out to be design and material. That makes sense. Uh, you're definitely a much better person than I am. And I, I need to adopt your, <laughs> I definitely need to adopt your mentality. Like I'm not uber salty and I'm not like, I don't have beef with people like that, but I don't understand it. You know, I don't understand how like <laughs> you only want to be a part of something when it's a success. I don't know if it's making sense, you know, when it's nothing and if it doesn't give any kind of value back to you, it's like, I don't see the reason why I should be a part of it. But it's like, okay, now that you're trending, quote unquote, I'd love to be a part of it. I'd love to have my name endorsed that, you know. So, I, I, but I understand what you're saying now. It's like, it's difficult. It's difficult to understand where someone's going, where someone's coming from, especially if they've got nothing to show for it. So I'm definitely learning a lot from you. I definitely need to humble myself. <laughs> Um, and then just <laughs> no, it's it's tricky both ways. Hey? Mm. It's just it's 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 just tricky. Um, and 
and it's a lot of things that come into play because sometimes sometimes some people just need to be looked at and they just automatically think you can like let's say for example maybe in a gender perspective if you were to be both lawyers someone were to see the two of you they're automatically going to think the guy is a better person for the job than you are so there's definitely some stereotypes that come into it um obviously because of my skin color sometimes that's a thing um it's definitely it's, it's just complex i i don't think we can narrow it down very easily there are lots yeah, of things that come into it it will probably need its own one hour conversation to really get into it <laughs> and get exactly exactly out. yeah but i understand what you're saying it makes sense and i i would love i would definitely love to uh learn more or think more in the way that you think you know just to put myself in their shoes and be like okay if i was that guy not really understanding what's going on would i really so i think that's a very good mentality to kind of have uh i appreciate that <laughs> a ton uh but i just want to speak about your creative career thus far um like i'm not sure how long it's been since you been in the game um but there's definitely been things you've been able to achieve that you're proud of and i think the question there is to date what is your greatest creative achievement um okay i think that's there could be <laughs> so many possible answers to that yeah you can give as many as you want we'll just take a pen and paper and start jotting them down um i think maybe the one that you could put down on paper that i can put on my cv and be like i did this was um when i won the sa fashion week student competition in my final year um that was huge because sa fashion week is like it's it's a very prestigious um fashion That's show not small. That's in sa small. in africa <laughs> exactly so that that was that was a good thing to achieve and to put on my cv um but i think m- most of everything that i've done is just it's it means a lot to me <laughs> like i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't want to trivialize any of it because all of it led to where i am um they just maybe other things that are less tangible would be maybe the fact that i got to develop my signature style um because that's actually something i've realized it's not something a lot of people can actually define what their signature style is as a designer or as a creative um because it's very it's something that's very hard to narrow down to and it took me a very long time to realize this is exactly what i'm passionate about this is the kind of styles i want these are the kinds of details i like in my clothes this is why i use them this is it was a very hard thing to narrow down to and i feel like i i've made a lot of progress i feel like i'll still be you know defining it but i feel like i've really made a lot of progress in narrowing down the direction the, the person i want to be in fashion so that is that that's been something very great Hmm. I've seen your style. I've seen your style, and and I definitely love it. I think um, somewhere in there, in your signature style, has to be pockets. Somewhere in there, <laughs> yeah. something about pockets. I mean, you you definitely. love pockets. <laughs> definitely, see it, I I feel like I can't leave out a pocket though because um I've. I was also reading that you know well there's a, this whole movement about pockets being sexist where you know a lot of women's clothes don't have pockets mm, um, that's so true where, actually they don't have pockets or they have make believe pockets they don't actually mm. work or the pockets are actually not deep enough whereas with mm. men's clothes they they always have pockets and they always It's a bag it's not a pocket anymore it's a little bag bruh 
It's a Birkin bag. Birkin's yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like it's very unfeminist of me not to put a pocket on a garment. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I always put pockets because women also need functionality. Yeah, we 100%. also work. We also, we also need to put our keys in our pockets. We need mm. to run too. So we need that functionality as well. So. I love that. I love that. I love pockets. Um, I really love it. And I think I've definitely seen a style. Uh, There's an aesthetic that's unique specifically to your work, you know. Like, I think I could see a piece and be like, this looks or feels like a Wafarum cookie piece, you know what I mean? So I love that about what you are doing and what you're developing and what you're building. And like I said earlier, I can't. I can't wait to see. And it's crazy because I've only been on your wave for less than a week, bro. <laughs> but I've, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Your work's made an impact enough to leave that imprint in my head, you know, just off the top of my head. That's always um, so... <laughs> That's always so great when people say that, when people see something like, oh, I can totally see you make, this is something that's totally your style. Like when people recognize that, you know, it's always so great because you know, you have a distinct place in their mind. So that, yeah. that's always great. I say keep at it, bro. Keep that's at it, great. keep growing, keep building, keep defining <laughs> it. Um, I think you're doing a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic job. Truly and, and honestly. Um, and I think... Mm, I think I would have said the same thing uh, on what's my greatest achievement. I think you said just everything you've done thus far means a lot to you is an achievement in and of itself. And for me, it's, 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 it's almost the same. Like just being able to finish, complete a project, uh, an episode and upload it, just having it uploaded, knowing I've completed something, I've done something, I've committed to it and I've completed it. Oh, that for me means a lot. Uh, because I know so many things for myself personally and for so many other people that just end halfway. You know, you kind of start something, get discouraged in the middle or things come up and you can't finish it and you never get to share your work. But just being able to share my work uh, to completion, I think that continues to be an achievement every time I do it. So I can definitely relate to you with that. Um, Exactly, exactly. And it's something I was actually thinking about that um, people really underestimate, especially for creators, like how much work you put into something. And I think you yourself, even you also underestimate the amount of work you're putting into it because I I did art since high school. There are certain things that I've practiced since then that I've made sure to perfect that now because I've put in so much work, it's become second nature, but I shouldn't underestimate that. It was a lot of work to master that skill. And just because I can do it faster doesn't take away how much work it actually is. So, yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I feel like it does sometimes. And like you're saying, especially ourselves, we're almost sometimes our biggest critic, but we also underrate ourselves so much. Um, and I think it's mostly because there's so much going on in and around us, right? Like I was saying earlier, for me, starting off as a creative was very difficult because I kept seeing the milestones people were reaching. And I was like, why am I not there? Why is my work not at that standard? But I'm like, dude, this guy's been in the game five years. You're in it three months. You can't be at the same level, right? <laughs> you know, so I definitely, I definitely underplayed and underrated the amount of work I was putting in and the things I was learning because I kept comparing and contrasting my work with someone else's work, which is a very difficult space. But I think you've done a very good job, at least as far as I can see, 
to have your own thing going on. Um, but do you ever feel that kind of pressure? Uh, not just looking at what other people are doing, but pressure to continually produce content for people because I guess you have a following, right? And there's people expecting, quote unquote, expecting work and new designs and things like that. Do you ever feel pressure uh, from that? Of course. <laughs> mm. And how do you handle it? Of course, it? definitely. It? Huh, it's, I don't think I let it get to me as much, especially if it's, um, because I think social media is another another whole topic because social media it definitely has its its own pressures that you may not want to let all of it get to you um so I think a lot of the pressures might be from myself like we were talking about <laughs> from myself to advance my career to actually do something where I can see what I'm doing um yeah, I think definitely a lot of the pressure is from yourself and um I don't know um it's it pushes you, which is it does. <laughs> it really does. Keep moving. <laughs> it pushes you, but you constantly have to just filter through the necessary pressure and the unnecessary pressure because it can can definitely be a lot. Um, and the other pressure could be pressure that could be leading you in the wrong direction. Um, I would say, like, definitely when I first started posting a lot more on social media, I definitely could tell there was. Because there's certain things that trend on social media and my style, my style is very different. It's unconventional. It's not something people are accustomed to and will relate to instantly. So there was definitely that pressure to do something more normal, something people will relate to more easily. Um, and I remember there was even a collection I made at the time that was definitely what I would call more mainstream. And I, I just, I didn't like it as much as the others because I just felt like I did it because I knew it would get me the likes on <laughs> Instagram. Did, did it work? Tell us it worked, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did. For Instagram, it worked. But I just, I figured after that, you know, just reflecting, I just decided, you know, Yes, I'll try to do, you know, what people will like to an extent, but I also need to be true to myself and my signature style for my personal growth because I still need to grow and become the person I want to be. So it was important to find that balance of, you know, me staying true to my style and also me listening to people and, you know, catering to what people want. So it, it, it had to be a balance. Um, I think definitely with social media, the pressures on social media, you just need to know who you are, what you want to achieve. And how oh, how far you're willing to go to achieve it? Because what I realized, because what I realized when I stuck to my guns and to my style and was stubborn about it was that, like you were saying, now you get my style. Like eventually, people started to see this is Mafar. This is what she's doing. She's this is different. They pay attention because you're different, and they get to know you for your style, and they warm up to it. So it paid off being stubborn. And, you know, sticking to what I know and what I like. Otherwise, right now I could be doing exactly what 50,000 other people are doing. And I would but not, you're not be happy. happy because I'm ah, just doing it. Exactly. Yes, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm just doing it for the likes, the follows and all of that. But I, I mm. feel like I'm just another sheep in the flock. Mm. It's just, yeah. So, yeah. So it's definitely. I love that you see that. A it's a, yeah, I love that you see that. It's a, you, you do need a balance. You do need to i guess at times kind of gauge and see okay what do people want what's kind of trending i need to keep up to date but still have your style you know what is so and so teaching let me learn from them but still have your style it's very 
dangerous space to almost become a copycat. You're like, oh, but I've seen this somewhere, you know, like, isn't that the same design so-and-so did, you know, or isn't everyone doing this? Like, you know, so w- when you kind of remain stubborn and re- stick to your guns, like you said, hey, you, you move different. And sometimes it, it takes time for it to imprint and for people to actually understand and see. But there are people out there who are looking for something It pays off in different. the end, yeah. Feed, feed those mm-hmm. souls, you know what I mean? Feed those people who are looking... For something exactly like it's before. actually there is a market for it bruh there's a market for it mm, uh you just need it's to be actually patient. the most amazing thing it's actually the most amazing thing when you come across that because you don't get a lot of people that come to you wanting you to design for them they just they already have the ideas of exactly what they want you're just basically creating a copy of what's on pinterest that they want but when that one person comes to you and they're like you know what I like your style. I want you just do what you think would look nice on me. You know, I, I just, just, it's the best things is the best thing ever. And they're like, or they see something that you've made. Cause I usually make my designs for myself so that I can, you know, make the, so that I can be as creative and crazy as I want with my designs. And then someone just comes to you and be like, I want that exactly as it is. Just make it for me. I want it. It's, it's, it's rewarding. And it's like, if you were to start, changing your designs to please the people that don't understand what you're doing you're neglecting that one person that really likes your stuff the way it is and it's it's so worth it doing it for that one person i think there's there's definitely so much worth in in that one individual who sees the uniqueness in your work and comes through to you that way um i think for me it just shows I think you work so much harder on that piece for that individual than you would any other, you know, replica. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it moves different. I was, I was speaking to someone and I think this is probably a different kind of, uh, context, but a similar approach. It's, I was speaking to this one photographer and uh, she basically said that she's made her services ridiculously expensive. And, but that's what, that's because that's how she views herself. That's how she prices herself, how much she's invested into this thing and the work that she knows she can do. Um, but she's like, the fear is that you don't get any clients, you don't get any customers. But then she realized that the ones that do come, the one that does come every week, as opposed to charging less and getting five a week, the one that does come every week uh, is probably covering <laughs> the price of five different shoots if you're charging less. But they just, it just shows that they really want you as their photographer. They could have gone to anyone else charging less, but having them come to you directly like that, it's like, dang, they really want me as their photographer. And you get so much more time to focus on one project and do it to the best of your ability. You know, so I guess in your sense, if you were that person kind of doing whatever, whatever, <laughs> you'd have so much work to do and you'd be splitting your time into like many different projects and trying to deliver it but it's like when one, when that one person sees your work and you're like okay this is who i want to design my piece it's mm. like you could have gone exactly. to anyone you know and so i think that's priceless and that's you actually touched on something very interesting charging <laughs> that's a very interesting challenge for any creative to actually charge for your time and it's very interesting. I've actually been asking people that are not creatives, like how much they charge per hour. And I've literally realized that they charge like four or five times more than me, at least. Um, and they're usually the first people to complain about your prices. And it's, it's always, it's always very interesting. Like, you know, why is my 60, 
why is my 60 minutes worth less than yours? You know, it's, it's very, <laughs> it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a very challenging space to be a creative because there's just a lot of stigma that, 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 that just, you know, makes it hard and difficult. Um, yeah. It's very challenging. I, think... indeed, and I, I agree with you. And I think I'm so much like you, sorry for cutting you off, <laughs> but I'm so much like you in the sense that I, I sit here and I charge a certain amount an hour but I move around and ask around and exactly like you're saying is it's four or five times my price. And then sometimes I feel like, what am I doing wrong? Where am I missing the mark? You know? <laughs> and it's this, like I think the funniest it's the part is when complain. those people complain about your prices. <laughs> the people exactly. with four or five times. Um, like, it's, it's, what? it's the negotiating for me. It's the negotiating for me. But I think it definitely does stem from viewing, I think most, if I'm, most, if not all, creative uh, businesses, jobs, as not something that's legitimate. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just a hobby. You know, anyone can sew. Anyone can take pictures. Anyone can be a DJ at my wedding. Why do I have to pay you so much? You know, um, But it's not understanding, uh, not just the time that you're putting in there in the moment, but the time and money you've invested over time to get you to where you are um, in terms of the level and the quality of work that you produce now, right? It's a lot. It's it's a lot. And I think there's a lot of education and educating that needs to be done, especially in our immediate environment, Africa, um, because it's really not taken seriously. It's really not valued and seen as something that should be given that kind of money which is sad it's rough and then you downplay you downsize your prices because you want the gig at the end of the day <laughs> for me that's so difficult how do you navigate through that if someone comes and you're like ah you know what this is what's up this is how i feel can you cut your prices do you always say you know what if you can't pay it move on or you're like you negotiate sometimes um i think most of the time I would say I, I let it go. Um, it's not worth because I could be spending my time doing something else that's actually going to push me forward in my career. Um, let's say at the moment, at the moment, I just launched my website and there's a lot of work that's going into it. And for me to stop, um, and take time out of that schedule to do something that's going to cost, that's got, that, that I'm going to get like, 20 30 percent what i should be getting it's not worth the time so i really just weigh yes i could be using that time to advance myself in a different i mean it's not going to be in monetary form yet but it's going to pay off eventually so um i would rather not i mean i'm, I'm willing to negotiate to an extent but they just limits they just limits because at the end of the day it's it's a hell of a lot of work and there's only so far down i can go and I, yeah yeah that's pretty much and i think ultimately you don't become a, a wobbly individual because people end up knowing you for that and i i had the same issue uh, i definitely negotiated right like every time someone would cry a little bit they'd be like ah and then i'd be like okay okay cool 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 you know uh, 25% or 10% off. But then I became known as the dude who charges 250 rand an hour, but only receives 100 rand. 
legit. So everyone who is coming to me now was like, but you gave so-and-so a discount. But you gave so-and-so a discount. It became oh, wow. very bad. Like the image was terrible, bro. So I had to mm. change. I had to stop and be like, if you're not going to pay, then it's cool. Um, let's move on. I think you can find someone else. So I think you really need to assert yourself and make sure that people know what you're worth from the get-go and there's no indifference and imbalance uh, because people end up chatting. It's like, I, I, why are you paying 250 rand? There's this one photographer who took 100 rand, you know, and then it's people in my DM asking to be shot for 100 rand, which is, which isn't it, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I appreciate your, your stance and approach to it. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy, but yeah. Um, mm. I think with any creative, you just have to be prepared that for the first significant chunk of your career, you might not be making much. Um, you're like investing your time into building yourself into the person you, you need to be or you want to be. I think that's just something you have to accept. Otherwise, if you're going to be in it to make money immediately, you're going to make decisions that are... It might be detrimental mm, to you in the future. Yeah. yeah because you're definitely going to get wrecked. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's part yeah, of I love <laughs> the experience. Appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that a lot. I think mm-hmm. um, just looking now at where you're at, uh, got a degree, got a little bit of teaching experience, just launched a website, you know, making designs um, here and there and doing what you're doing and finding yourself in this space, it's like there's things that you've learned, right? There's things that you've been taught uh, and things that you've seen other people do and kind of learned from. But like <laughs> what's been like the most intense lesson that you've learned from experience? Like you, you didn't know this thing and never experienced it and never taught it or you just had to learn it from experiencing it, uh, either life in general or in the creative space. What's been the hardest lesson you've had to learn? Mm, wow <laughs> that's a that's a big question I, I i'd actually never thought of it that deeply um i think the harshest lesson that anyone learns is that transition from being a school child to a working person um that that was like life totally works completely different than how they make it seem when you're in school and when you're in school you're taught <laughs> when when you're in school, you're taught if you get the highest mark in maths, you're going to get the prize for maths. You, you're the best, blah, blah, blah. In the real world, it's not like that. You could be the best mathematician, but that's not going to mean anything. People might not pay attention to you still. <laughs> so I think that's, that's definitely a harsh transition for anyone to realize that those, those fake rewards that you got in school, they don't exist in real life. These real challenges that you face because of your skin color, because of your gender, because of so many things and the real world, it's, it's just, um, I think I've realized that it's just, it's all about making money. That's what it is. Everyone is just trying mm. to make money. Everyone's it's what benefits me. If it doesn't benefit me, get out of my office. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's mm. been the, the harshest lesson, realizing that life works completely different than it, the way it was made to seem when you were growing up. That's definitely a hard thing to adjust to. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think then I would love to know. I mean, of course, you're in business to make money. You need to put food on the table. You need to take care of yourself. But what is your philosophy? What is your ideology? Why do you do what you do? You know, what do you live by? What principles do you live by? I think generally speaking. 
And don't be afraid to say I live for money. <laughs> I live for money. I don't think I do because otherwise I wouldn't have done half the things I've done because I haven't made much mm. money from it yet. So I don't think I can say money mm. is a real driver. Um, yeah, so, so let us know. Where's, where's your heart and mind in all of this? Um, I think the first thing that came to mind was my WhatsApp. Is it a status or the that thing that's always on your WhatsApp? Um, yes, 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 that yes, people yes. I, I know the one you're talking about. It, yes, it used so to be mine, the status and then they brought out the statuses and now I'm confused. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a new thing. Yeah, so mine <laughs> says Ch- chase the wind and touch the sky. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's a line from a song from Brave, the Disney princess movie. So I guess I just liked the, the whole concept of her. Like she was just a very brave person that she, that literally sums up who she was. She was brave. She was a woman. She was fierce and she didn't need a male for any of that. Um, so chase the wind and touch the sky. That's, that's my approach to life. Just go after what seems impossible. Um, don't let, you know, judgments or anything from people um, hold you back because at the end of the day, everyone's learning about life. No one actually has the answers. So you need to just do what, what makes you happy. Chase that happiness that's going to take you to, you know, where you want to be. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's, I think it definitely stems from the things that I've had to overcome being, being an artist and always having to face, you know, that judgment of why you even chasing that career path. Um, people questioning your intelligence just because you're an artist. I think, I think because it's paid off because I've stuck to my guns and it's paid off and it's proven that I'm this person that's, that's worth, you know, paying attention to worth what I'm doing is worth it. Um, I've just realized it's just, be yourself, like, um, back yourself up, you know, um, don't give up on yourself because I think you have something to offer and you, you can't let people, you know, tell you what's what you need to chase your happiness. You have to, you have to live your life. You have to, you have to live your life for yourself. You have to chase the wind, touch the sky, be that happy, be that carefree. And, you know, yeah, I don't know if I'm making sense, but yes. You are. Just, I feel like God sent, <laughs> sent you to discipline me. <laughs> to what? And, and tell me some harsh truths. To discipline me and tell me some harsh truths. Because like, About that's what? Literally, that's literally the kind of things that I'm trying to work on, you know. Um, not letting uh, the people around me kind of define who I am. Not letting what people say define who I am. And really going for what I truly love and enjoy no matter what you know to reach for the sky literally uh not like an extreme hectic battle but it's, it's something that I, I ask myself i question myself every time something goes on i'm like is this thing even worth it right like am i doing the right thing am i in the right space but i know it truly makes me happy when i'm in it you know when i'm sitting here chatting to people meeting new people learning new things i'm my happiest i'm peak happiness you know exactly so thank you for that <laughs> really no problem um appreciate it. just to expand on the the other part of that saying it's um chase the wind which is something that seems like almost impossible and that's what most of these things that we're trying to do they seem impossible they seem impossible to people they seem like very crazy ideas so um but because it's the wind there's just such a freedom and such a fulfillment that comes with 
doing that. So even if it seems crazy, even if it seems like it's not going to work, just do it anyway. If it doesn't work, you are happy in that moment anyway. So it's not mm. a loss. So. so we have a fashion designer and a poet on the show today. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> poetic, is it not poetic? No, that was like, like, it makes so much sense. Like chasing the wind. Like, why would you chase the wind? Can you, you can, like, it seems impossible, right? Literally what you're mm. saying. And so do all these dreams, especially going against the grain, going against the norm and what everybody else expects you to do. And you're like, no, this is what I want. It's like, okay, how am I going to achieve it? Uh, how am I going to do it? Uh, and I think kind of like the character in Brave, like you said, she didn't need anybody else. She didn't need a male to help her through it. She just went at it. And it's kind of like that sometimes for a lot of people, male or female. You're kind of alone. Like no one really does understand. Uh, mm. People are patient with you and they're kind of there with you on the journey, but no one really fully understands it the way you do. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes they never will, which makes it so much more difficult. But it's like, keep chasing the wind and like, keep going at it um, no matter what, which is mm. easy to say now, but so much more difficult to practically do, but not impossible. Mm. Definitely, Definitely not impossible to achieve. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that a lot. Thank you. Do you work alone? Like, there's so much going on <laughs> on Mukoki Lab and just, like, the presentation of the website itself and, and the work uh, that you're doing and the designs. Do you work alone? Like, it's hard to believe. <laughs> At the moment, yes, actually. I work mostly on my own. Um, maybe also because I'm still quite small, but obviously I do want to expand in the very near future, so I'm going to have to... Um, get some help, um, with certain things. Um, but I, I, I think that stems from me being a bit of a perfectionist. Um, because <laughs> just that feeling, I'm the only one that can do this right, which is, it's a bad thing because you need the help. You need, <laughs> you can't do everything. That's, we've said that already before. You can't do everything. You, so I eventually I need to delegate. I do get some help sometimes from a seamstress who helps me. Um, if I have orders or anything like that, but usually I just um I do most of it myself. You run it myself. Moment. I yes, but wow. I guess the that's, trick that's the insane. trick. Has, <laughs> yeah, the trick has been I guess to pace myself. Um, I, you you can't expect to achieve everything so fast, so I've just had to you know, um, do it bit by bit, and you know, um, yeah, basically just take my time with it. Um, but eventually I'm just going to have to take the leap and expand grow have more people helping me hopefully pass down my knowledge as well so yeah um, <laughs> yeah but it's mostly it. me at the it. moment it makes sense and i think most creatives are like that you know it's like i've developed this style i've developed this way of doing things that's unique to me it's very difficult now to bring on someone and teach them and then have them replicate it to the t it, it's hard to trust people that way um but, you know, the humility and understanding that you can't tackle life alone. You can't tackle a business alone, especially if you wanted to grow and become something so much more bigger than it is now. You have to trust people. I think ultimately trust God, you know, through that process as well. So I think it's, 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 it's going to take time. <laughs> it's, it's definitely going to take time. I, I feel the same way. I'm like, ah. <laughs> You might mess it up. You might not edit it the way I want you to edit it. But exactly, um, and it gives me such anxiety. 
Um, it do you. <laughs> <laughs> like with, with some of the stuff I do right now, like there's so many little aspects of it, of the process, that it's very hard to go back to it um, if there is a mistake. So if someone else was to do it, I'm not going to know that there was a mistake at some point. So I'm not going to know to go back to it. And that just makes me just so anxious. Like, oh my God. So it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 it all comes in good time. Um, the more you grow, the more work comes through, the more you realize that, okay, I think it's about time. You know, everything has its time according to God's will. So we just keep praying um, that I guess you get the right people in your life. You're able to find the right people who see the vision that you have, understand the goal that you're trying to achieve, you know, and, and really try and emulate that as best as they can up on your train, you know, help this thing grow. Uh, definitely looking for, forward to see that happening. Um, but I only have two more questions left. And that's specifically about the Zimbabwean creative community, creative space, just in general. Uh, and maybe more specifically, fashion related but what do you think this space has done well like what is it doing good and should maintain doing and where do you think it's lacking and can improve um okay i would definitely say in the last couple of months well since some um, the pandemic started um because people have been forced to go onto social media definitely i think a lot of creatives have um been exposed or people have been exposed to them more like um there's just definitely more awareness towards Zimbabwean creators which I, I hadn't seen before um so that's really I think that's that's been a, re a really great thing like just having that that awareness of the creators that are in your space from from the people in Zim that's been and people actually support you know if they can because there's been actually i think people that are getting legit proper business from it um it's been great marketing generally for the creators which means so much to them right so um and definitely i think there's just a lot of natural talent it's just i guess unfortunately there's not enough resources or um there aren't even any schools like particularly in fashion i, I know they're not really any proper schools that are going to teach you all the skills you need to actually develop into a full designer that you need to be. Um, but the talent is definitely there. Um, and I think, especially with photographers, I think I've seen a lot of progress with photographers. Like there's just been a boom for photographers. There's people with such great talent and all of that. So that's, that's really worked out great for photographers as well. So it's, it's definitely a growing space. It's a space, like we said, that has a lot of potential. So that's that's oh, a great yeah. thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then should I talk about the negative? <laughs> oh, yeah. We definitely want to hear the negative. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where so can we do I'm, better? It's like not necessarily like a bad <laughs> thing, but like what could we improve on, you know? I mean, of course, definitely, I've definitely mentioned that we don't actually have institutions and schools that can benefit a lot yeah. of creatives, artists, photographers, and all of that. Um, even, and fashion designers, obviously, like there aren't a lot of places where people can actually properly develop their skills. Um, so there's definitely a lot of opportunity to build and grow something there. Maybe we need more schools. We need, you know, a more creative, um, community um, um building such things um and then um i do think there's been like i mentioned 
social media has um, increased awareness for creators. Um, but some, some of it is a lot of, um, a lot of the people that get the, should we say publicity from it or whatever, they may actually be people that are not as good as some of the people that are actually out there. So you do get people that are very good that don't get as much exposure as other people. So these, there's definitely people that are more popular but not as talented that are getting the attention. So there's definitely people that need to be looked at that have a, a heck of a lot of talent that just needs um, a bit more of a boost because that's what I've noticed with Zimbabweans. They just, they're loyal to a name um, um, and other creators. Isn't that suffer human just... beings in general? Though? <laughs> it is, but maybe it's just kind of how we function. Same. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, I think that's definitely challenging for some people that are actually talented, but just not as popular. Um, yeah. And then also, particularly to fashion, um, why I ended up going for patents, like I said, is because there's definitely a challenge getting the raw materials here. Fabric is very hard to come by. It's very hard to come across. You, you get some fabrics, but a lot of the fabrics that you actually need, you don't get, um, um, the quality of the material is not quite as great as you would get it out there. So there's, there's a challenge in getting, you know, the raw materials that you need to do what you need to do. So that's, that's, that's a very huge challenge. Um, yeah, charging. We've mentioned charging. <laughs> that's, um, I think yeah. definitely. <laughs> yes. I've, I've heard people, I think I heard a photographer say he charged like 30, dollars or 25 dollars for some it sounded very low so ridiculously low i'm like how are you surviving on such how little... are you surviving yeah but i think you know what happens in the end is that as well like you're saying especially in the photography space it's becoming very almost quote-unquote saturated there's so much of them coming up uh, and for me that's not a bad thing i'm okay with it i'm super cool with it um but what happens now is the pricing becomes so much more competitive. It's like, if I can price myself at $15 an hour, then I think I can get as many customers as I can because that's what ends up happening. People are like, why are you charging $75 an hour when there's someone charging 15? Obviously, I'm going to go to the person who's charging 15. But that's what kind of happens in the space now. That's kind of what happens with the pricing. It's not like uh, they don't see the value in the work that they have or whatever, but it's like, Ish, people are so loyal to this name, maybe. If I reduce my price, they might, you know, pay attention. Um, and that's kind yeah. of what happens, which is kind of sad to look at. <laughs> it is. It's, it's very sad. And mm. Yeah. So I think that's, that's something that's definitely very challenging for a lot of creatives. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, yeah. I, I just think there's just a lot of talented people that don't get enough opportunity. <laughs> to you know to grow to where they can grow to that's that's just something that's just very sad here because yes we've said there's a lot of potential here but yeah so yeah <laughs> i just feel for definitely a work in progress it's definitely a work in progress and i think um we do have spaces and uh platforms that are definitely trying to uplift certain content creators uh obviously not as much as we'd love but I've, I've seen a lot of content creators on YouTube, content creators on Instagram, pages that have been created, dedicated to showcasing, you know, underground talents, uh, be it other YouTubers, musicians, artists, you know, things like that. Um, but again, it's, it's almost tight knit. It's like 
it's a certain click type of thing, right? Like not everybody's really getting the opportunity to get a space to speak. Um, but hopefully that can change. So hopefully we can think and reinvent and figure out ways to do it, um, you know, at, at low cost as well, right? You don't want someone to have to pay tons of money or invest too much to just get their name seen, you know, to just get their work seen. Um, so hopefully we can develop something with time, uh, with patience and with a lot of intentionality. It's one thing to talk about it now here and point it out. Uh, but it's another thing to just come off the platform and actually start thinking about ideas in which we can make things happen ourselves, you know. Exactly. Um, I think I think that sorry, that also just reminded me of something. Um um you know I make patterns. <laughs> um, but um I actually started I actually started making these patterns digitally this year um, because traditionally I was taught to do it manually. And I think that's like that with a lot of things here where people are still a little behind and there's actually a lot of technology that can actually be a solution to a lot of the problems we're facing because um, um, I don't know, I think just us getting more educated or more exposed to what's actually out there could actually be the solution to some of these problems. Because um, when I was researching this, these patterns making softwares that I'm, you know, using, I actually realized because a lot of people want personalized stuff, but it's, it's a lot of work to produce garments. Like it takes a long time, but these softwares that they are now creating these days, they're actually making it, the process a lot faster and it actually, it's actually reducing costs in some way. So these actually solutions that could actually already be there, especially in the digital space. And especially in my field, like with fashion, fashion was very slow to take on um, technology and um, digitization for some reason. But because because we're forced to because of Corona and all of that, actually realizing there could be so many solutions that could come from embracing mm-hmm. technology. Um, so, yeah. I was, I was actually going to ask that actually. Um, and I forgot it's that how are people receiving your online platform? You know, like how has been the response in the Zimbabwean space to you having this online thing going on? Um, okay. So it's all, it's very new. So it's obviously it's a bit slow, but I think people, people have actually been good with the responses. They're very excited because obviously, like I told you, pattern making something that's very challenging for a lot of people. So such a solution has been something that people seem to have been waiting for. So that's been great. Um, but obviously definitely there's still a lot of education that I would need to do on my part to actually teach people how to use this product, how to actually print it properly and all of that. So um, I think people are very open to technology. They're not closed off. I think they're very open to it. It's, you just need to educate your customers and so that they actually know how to use it. So I think, I think, there's just definitely a lot of potential and people are open to it. So that's, that's been great. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Like you said, it's just uh, in its introductory phase. So it's going to take some time for it to develop people to jump onto it. But again, there's a lot of educating that needs to be done, not just with you, of course, but with people as well to know that these platforms exist that will make their lives so much easier, you know, so let's keep, pushing the brand as much as we can and and get it out there. Um, I definitely see the vision and I see the potential that your company has to do great things. 
and hopefully one day hosts uh you know the biggest african fashion week in harare <laughs> we'd yeah, love to see that, that. We'd definitely love to see that. That would it might be over in this. That would definitely be a dream. <laughs> I, yeah. I hope I'm not being over ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even. That's what we like. I mean, I don't there's no point in dreaming of something that seems, you know, easy to do. Like um like sometimes I have to do research, like marketing research, like especially on social media to research, you know. Um, so that I can grow my account just to see what people are doing. And there's no point in me looking at someone who has like the same following as me and, you know, does something similar to me because yeah. we're already at where I am. So why would you... <laughs> Vision. Yeah, there, why there. would you want to stay where you are? You always have to look. You can even look at an account that has like I don't know, hundred thousand followers because that's where you want to go. It's like, go. what are they doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I always I get think you. big. That's I mean, revolutionary. That's gonna change my life. I'm telling you now. <laughs> 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 I've been doing it all wrong, man. I've been doing it all wrong. Um, I'm glad, but I mean, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I can't say thank you enough, Mikhail, for being here again. Taking time <laughs> no out of your schedule to sit down and chat. You've been super patient running around and making sure that all the technical stuff is sorted out. I appreciate <laughs> it a ton. It's been fantastic speaking to you. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It was actually very nice. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be nice. I think my dream now is to hopefully one day take some photos of some Mukoki lab pieces. You know, that would be fantastic. Oh, wow. That, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be then my new greatest achievement. <laughs> oh, wow. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, um, yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. been fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.